Hi. Welcome to the I Am Lake Worth Project. This is Carl Stoveland, your host, and the podcast this week has my friend Kathy Turk. Kathy was photographed in the I Am Lake Worth 2 Project, which is currently on display at Hatch. Kathy is a business owner. Kathy is a volunteer around the city, and she is currently a candidate for city commission with our elections in March. That said, the I Am Lake Worth Project is completely neutral politically. We don't take a stance on who should run, who shouldn't, or any of the politics of the city. I try to sidestep that issue entirely because this is an inclusive project and taking sides would not help and it would actually get in the way of the project's ultimate goal of meeting more and more of the citizens of the city. So that said, whenever I interview candidates or electeds, I ask them to respond to my questions as Citizen Kathy in this case, instead of Candidate Kathy. I also understand that at this point in time, being in campaign mode, sometimes it's hard to switch between one and two, so we'll try to be careful and we'll go from there. So with that, Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Carl. This is really a privilege. I do appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad you, you could be here. I have a feeling that once yours comes out, I'll be getting calls from other candidates asking that they be on <laughs> too, which will be fine as we're getting close to the election, I'm sure everyone's looking yeah. for chances to be able to talk. So the way we work this is just like when I took your picture and got your quote for what makes Lake Worth special, mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you that question again mm -hmm. and let you expand on it. We're gonna chit chat a little bit. And then at the very end, I will ask you the same questions that James Lipton uses mm -hmm. on Inside the Actors Studio that have a long history of being borrowed from other interviewers. So with that, Lake Worth is special because dot, dot, dot. Well, you know, I think it starts with, um, with our bones, right? We have, um, we have a beach. We have great bones. We have a beach. We have the intercoastal. Um, we're in Palm Beach County. Um, we're, we're, we've got quick, easy access to 95. Um, I, you know, I just, the, just the geography of where we're located makes us special to start with. Um, and after that, it, it comes down to the people. You know, it's 100% the people, and and I don't even know how you could replicate it, really. You know, there's such diversity in our seven I, square I, miles. I don't think you could. If you take what you just talked about, location, yeah. diversity, and the bones of the city, it'd be to try and recreate it now it would be ultimately impossible, especially in the location that we are. Somehow, sometimes we're the little city that time forgot. Mm -hmm. um, and that plays to our advantage perceptually sometimes and to our detriment. So it is what it is, but it's part of our, part of our charm that draws certain people here and adds to the quirkiness of our great little city by the sea. Absolutely, you know, and it's still, um, it's still affordable for whatever it is you want to do. You know, I had come here, um, you know, I had lived in, in Boca Raton um, I moved there in 2000, and then um, as the kids were getting ready for college, and uh, my daughter was in college, my son was getting ready to graduate high school, um, actually before then I started to looking where do I want my forever home, right? So um, I was looking in Georgia, which is where my kids were born. Um, I looked in the Georgia mountains. I looked through the Carolinas. Um, I considered going back to my, my home state, which is California, um, and then um, I looked both sides of Florida and it really came down to, you know, wanting to stay in Palm Beach County. And I wanted to stay in Palm Beach County for a few reasons. One, I, you know, I love Palm Beach County. Um, but also, let's face it, Florida's got no income tax. 
we have homestead portability. Right. Um, and when I was looking for the forever home, you know, you have to look at you know long-term expenses, right? And so um, I wanted Palm Beach County. I needed three bedrooms because the kids, you know, come home. Um, I figured out that wherever my kids made their homes, they would eventually want to come to the beach. So, and I love the beach. You know, there's something about putting your feet in the sand. Well, that's perfect. You're locking the kids into uh, that's what I coming thought. to visit. That's not a bad way to look at it. I'm paying college tuition, but I have friends who actually put down payments on their kids' homes in different locations so that <laughs> they can guarantee they'd be close. The best I could do was, uh, you know, choose a beach location. And um, I had seen, was watching Tiny House Nation when um, they did that episode on the cottages. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm -hmm, but, I have. Um, so I had been looking, I looked in Delray, I was looking, but most of them were condos when you look for little spaces and then I remembered Lake Worth. And so I got online and started looking around and um, did about 40 walkthroughs later and had found my forever home in Tropical Ridge. Um, and you know, for me, um, I wanted to be on the west side of Dixie. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with hurricane insurance. I didn't want to have to worry about being, um, you know, evacuated. Um, I was looking for a pit stop. You know, I didn't have a local realtor, which, you know, everyone should. And I would have known about the different na flavors in each neighborhood, but I am, I'm happy. I like it. I love my neighbors. They've, everyone's been, the people I bought the home from had been here for 35 years. The people next door to me have been there for 25 years. Actually, their kids, you know, they went to school here. You know, so all around me is surrounded by this. And, and each of our neighborhoods are great, and they have their own little flavors. I was living in Boca Raton, and we were living in, um, you know, an upper-middle-class neighborhood at that time. And um, I certainly, you come to know my neighbors. Um, but I can't say, you know, we'd walk our kids to school, to elementary school, and then my kids went on to other schools. And I used to take them on little trips. You know, we'd go on little trips as, you know, I'm a single mom. So take them to trips to DC or Philadelphia or other locations, trying to show them that we were in this Boca Raton bubble, right? We were really in a bubble. And, um, but I used to always talk to the kids about find a community. Doesn't matter where it's at, just find a little community where you know your neighbors and you can take part in that community and you can, you can actually be a part of that community. Um, and, I truly never expected to have that happen for me. You know, I thought, okay, I, you know, I'm kind of past that. I'll get this little, this little house. It'll be my, um, you know, pit stop. I'll travel. I'll do other things. And then, um, as I'm sure you know, Wawa came knocking on my door shortly after. You know, not my door, but knocking on my neighbor's door, mm -hmm. right, really close. And that's where I really had to jump in and get involved and get out of my comfort zone, right. So I got into the neighbors and, um, and after fighting the Wawa thing. Suddenly, I know my commissioners. I go to commissioner meetings. I was on planning zoning. So I got to, it became my community. And honestly, Carl, I never, I'm grateful every single day, and I never expected that. I never expected to be able to, um, you know, I, I can go to luncheon somewhere in town and I'll know somebody, you know? I'm not alone, but I can live alone, but not be alone. That's really that the sense? amazing part of the city is that you're right. I mean, within a couple of months of being here, I couldn't come downtown without meeting somebody I knew because. Yeah. All it took was going to a few events early on. Um, we called it that we had a plan of aggressive socialization when we moved here <laughs> because we, we both worked long hours at our old jobs and didn't want to get in the pattern of coming home and not knowing anybody. And the community around the city, I mean, it's some, a lot of it's tied to for us having jumped into the little free libraries right, right. away. Yeah. You know, meeting Mary, getting yeah. plugged into the people that Mary knows yeah. was huge for me to be able to meet people every week and just 
become part of the fabric of the city and felt embraced. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just that it's a big community. I mean, there's you find these pockets of tight-knit communities, but breaking into them can be impossible. Mm-hmm. Here it was like, oh, welcome, here, join us. And it's made all the difference. And there are people that you wouldn't necessarily normally find yourself befriending or getting to know um, because we're all really diverse, right? So you look at the Little Free Library is the perfect example. There's all political persuasions, there's all different neighborhoods, and yet we come together for, you know, one common purpose and we all, you know, really enjoy each other. Absolutely. Um, You know, I say, yeah, he may be a jerk, but he's our jerk, so. (laughs) (laughs) Not talking about you, Carl, but, you know, yeah, that's kind of it. Sometimes I am. I'm sure if he has one, you should say sure he is. But no, you're absolutely right. We we tend to bond over these common experiences and common goals and Absolutely. which side of the political divide you're on or which side of the economic divide you're on is so much less important. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you look at the the Christmas affair, Christmas event. Did you come out for that, for the Christmas? Um, there was the bike giveaway. There was the tree lighting. I was there because I had painted the little free library that was being opened that day, which was the Rudolph one. Yeah, that was so, awesome. But it was a rainy day. I came out for a couple of hours, and um, I missed the bike ride. I was going to ride in yeah. it, but I just couldn't see. Uh, you know, yeah. everyone thinks of, oh, let's go to Florida in the wintertime. Yeah, and right. we get those weeks where it's 50 and rainy, and we just want to hibernate. The first year I was here in Florida, I got rid of the wool suits. Like, I will never use these again. And then, like, it takes about a year or two, and then suddenly, where's my sweater? <laughs> I need my sweater. You're right. My wardrobe has turned into a pair of sandals, and 350 days a year, it's shorts and a T-shirt. You know, yeah. I dress up for meetings, but even then, it's still shorts. I just, I go back to, <laughs> I go back to New York, and I'm like, I have to find some pants to put on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a box in my closet. That's my, my winter stuff goes there. But um, I do pull out sweaters, and that's why it's fun when it's a cold day. Okay, what sweater gets to get worn today? Because it may not happen again for another year. But anyway. My problem with closets is that I have a whole closet devoted to cameras, so clothing becomes secondary. Oh, my gosh. That's one of the things that happened. I was going to school for art and photography in, you know, mid-late 80s, and the camera world got shook up 15 years later, you know, with digital, Mm. and everybody switched, but I remember these cameras that I drooled over while I was using my Konica 35 millimeter and turning in my assignments, thinking, if I only had a Hasselblad, if I only had a Mamaya, and I could never afford those. They were actually as much as a whole semester at school. Oh, wow. You know. Um, now, at this point in life, where everyone has switched over to digital and all those cameras have been traded in or they're on eBay for you can get, you know, a camera that would have been $2,500 when I was in college now is 300 with three different lenses, you know. So I can afford to get one, play with it, and, okay, it's not the perfect camera, and I sell it and buy another one. But I've been able to play with every kind of film format I've ever wanted. In this project, in I Am Like Worth One, I used three different film sizes, 35 millimeter, 120, and four by five. As I got into this side of the project, 
I wanted to simplify. There was, you know, the, the downside to shooting film as much as I love it is it's two weeks between when you shoot and when you see your yeah. film again on the computer. Here I wanted to make it super simple and have a consistent look. So I picked my Canon 5D as my main camera and tried to shoot the entire project on one lens. Yeah, I use my my iPhone. <laughs> That's my camera. But my daughter got into cameras and she um, got her the digital. I don't even know what it was. But then she wanted to take it a step further. And yeah, I could pick up the, the film cameras all day long. Really inexpensive. But for her, this, the lens she wanted, um, you, you can tell she was probably, I think, middle school, high school, was the fisheye lens. That was the lens all the kids wanted was the fisheye lens. So she did that. And the fun one for me was my son got into Polaroids. He used to really love to go to garage sales. I was like, oh man, whatever, he never knew. He'd bring back a hockey stick, he doesn't play hockey. He brought home all kinds of things and I have to try to find it and then sneak it out of the house. But his big thing was Polaroid. And this was before Polaroid made a comeback. So then I'd have to go try to find film the for film it. The film was next to impossible. Next to impossible and sometimes when you would buy it or you were able to find it, I'd find it on eBay or someplace. Sometimes it was, um, not good. It, it just been wasn't good. Expired and kept on a trunk yeah. in a hot attic for ten yeah. years. You never knew. Yeah. And for some of the folks shooting film, that's half the fun is buying expired film and seeing what happens. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, it actually is. Um, the idea is that it it's like gambling. It's the crapshoot oh. of you know what's going to happen with it. Um, there are these toy cameras. They're called um, Lomos or Dianas, which use 120 film but they're plastic bodies they're not sealed really well sometimes they get light leaks in the middle of your picture you never know what's going to happen but there's a whole cult of people that shoot these things and embrace the flaws God, you know we're weird and, aren't we yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely we've reached the point where we can take the perfect picture with our iphone and never ever pick up a camera and then there are those of us that are out there trying to make their own cameras out of Oh Uncle Ben's rice boxes right? or, you know, a cheap toy camera that they've taped up in order to hold together long enough to shoot a roll of film. So everything comes down to expression, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. how you want to do it. Beauty in, the, beauty in the imperfection of it all, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, being free enough and loose enough to do that is really really liberating some i'm a little bit of a control freak so i have a hard time I with envy that. you you're you're an amazing artist oh thank um, you enviable and and um just looking at these photos and that like this this beautiful lady here marianne baker i mean her eyes right her eyes tell it and she's one of those great people that's around town that you see almost every day if you're walking up and down lake and just you know just one of the characters and the, the project's at a tipping point where it's going from the characters to diving deep into the, the people. We were talking about that before the microphone was on, that that's what my next goal for the project is, to get deeper, to, to shine a light on the people that we don't get to talk to every day and to learn more about them and what makes them tick and how their lives in Lake Worth are the same and how they're different from maybe yours or mine. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So, so that's where the project is going on top of the fact that I'm going to try and do groups as part of it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do the We Are Lake Worth theme, um, at least as part of it. So, so what would be a group? 
Well, um, a good example would be uh, the guys that play foosball on Thursday nights yeah. that have a, a team, you know, um, fun, a group huh? of neighbors, right. co-workers, whatever an organic group is. I don't want it to be forced. I just want it to be, hey, you know, and I'll, I'll actually put it out to people that, you know, they approach me about it more than I go in search of because I don't want to create group. That gets noticeable if it's not authentic. Right. You know, this this whole project had to be authentic. I keep peeling away the onion and it's becoming more real and more authentic. And, you know, let it be a true portrait of Lake Worth. I mean, I think that early on it was the people that I met right away and they were very visible around town and it made for a great opening because yeah. they brought their friends and the project has snowballed. And now I feel a bit of a responsibility to go deeper and wider with the project. So we'll see what happens in the next year. I think what will be really cool too though is like some of these people that we don't normally see, when you bring them in and make them a part of this, are they now going to open up and be more of a part of the community? Are they going to feel more part of the community, therefore take more responsibility for the community, therefore perhaps do volunteer work? You know, I mean, is that is I think the is, hope are is we going to broaden that If group? I can get them to the opening yeah. and be part of the group in the opening and socializing that way. That's mm -hmm. that first step. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully, I mean, that would be, that would be maybe it's a, interesting. a little tiny little way to get it to happen, but it's a first step. Well, also how many people don't feel important? You right. know, you, you're giving them importance. You're giving them, um, I, I don't want to say they're 15 minutes because obviously your photos last much longer than that, but you're giving them importance. You're saying, hey, you're important. You matter to me. You matter to this community. Let me po let me do this, and that's and that was why a with, gift. with this version, I specifically went out of my way and said to a lot of the people that I shot, "Tell me somebody I don't know, yeah. and give me their email address," so that I did end up with a whole bunch of people that I had never met before. Right now, this show is about half and half. Okay. So next one will be maybe I know a quarter of them, and three quarters were new introductions through the people that have already been in the project to really broaden the scope of it. So we've spent quite a bit of time talking about the project and me, which I don't normally allow to happen. So this, this has been fun. I feel like I've been interviewed. Um, so let's swing it back to tell me some of the places you like to go in Lake Worth, some of the places you like to, some of the things you like to do here. It's really hard to be putting your bare feet in the sand. Right? I do believe in grounding or earthing, you know, that whole kind of movement where you're gaining, gaining energy from the, the earth, mm -hmm. earth's core, right? And of course, sand and water together is, is seriously powerful. And, you know, whether that's real or make-believe or whatever it is. It absolutely recharges your batteries. It does, doesn't it? And, and um, to me, that's, that's super important. Um, the beach is super important, and sometimes I forget about it, and I'll find myself in a little rut or too much inside my head. I'm a Virgo, so I can overanalyze anything. And I am too, and yeah, I spend a lot of time <laughs> in this square foot of space. Oh man, <laughs> the details. Um, so I, you know, getting out to the beach is really super important to mm -hmm. me. That's um, that's you know number one spot. Um, the places I go, especially when my kids come home, you know, the kids come home from college and, um, you know, we have to go to 2J's because my daughter needs the matzo ball soup in the lunch. That is so good. <laughs> I love their matzo ball soup. <laughs> Got to do that. And then we just, you know, Oka has become a, a new favorite, of course. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Andy's... Um, 
studio to 205. 205. 205. Um, Andy's place is, and that's an easy one for me. That's an easy one because it's simple enough that I can eat that on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you know, a salad, a wrap, something like that. So that's awesome. Um, and a meeting place for, for everyone. Um, as far as, you know, I, I love going to, to dinner or lunch and then walking down the street. Of course I love, um, what is it, the, the Bali Importer? Yes. Okay, That's so I love one of all, Wendy's favorite spots to go. I love all go. of the art galleries because, you know, I, I was the president of the Art League. I joined the Art League. I would love to someday consider myself an artist, but I, I'm not. So I do enjoy those. But I have to tell you about the Bali Importer. So my son's here. He's, um, I don't know, 18, 18 at the time. He buys his girlfriend a pair of earrings, and they're just these little shell earrings with a little wire hoop on them. And they're her favorite earrings. And they do look lovely on her. Her favorite earrings, she wears them for about a year, and the, the wires start to turn black. And, sure. Because, you know, they're, they're not, they weren't expensive yeah. earrings. So she goes in there, and, you know, they actually change the wires for her. And That's no amazing. charge. They, they just on what is a super inexpensive pair of I'm earrings. I'm telling you, like maybe, yeah, a $5 pair of earrings, and they changed the wires for her. Now, that's amazing to it, me. It really like, is. Like, it doesn't get better than that. So I will always go in yeah, there. Yeah, customer and for that. life right there. Right? I always go in there. Um, of course, you know, I love artisans and trinkets and um, paws on the avenue. And then I love that little French shop, right? The French shop. Oh, isn't that great? That's great. It's great. I bought a. Um, what did I buy? I bought like a rain cape that had a Monet on it. And I was like, where else can I get this? I haven't worn it yet, though, because I keep forgetting that I have it. But <laughs> <laughs> You need an event for it. I know. I have to remember I have it. I just walk out in the we'll rain. We'll have to so. have a uh, Bastille Day celebration or something. Right? Um, you know, and I love, um, you know, with my dog, I even loved, I used to walk the dog on um, along the, the beach area to get that salt air. But then Bryant Park, you know, you can I'd walk, among, walk around Bryant Park. Um, and that's great because you see everybody there. Right? Yeah, I love that coastal. walk along the intracoastal there. and Snook Island. And that's um, the Thursday night bike club rides, goes off road there to ride along the intracoastal, and uh, that's that's always fun. That's one of my favorite parts of the ride. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and of course, the bookseller is awesome. What a great store, great? and what a great addition to the community. I yeah. mean, they they opened up and they got it, hosting so many different events and jazz on J Street, moving there, making that their home, um, as well as the poetry readings they do, and they they get it. And it's light, it's comfortable. That jazz on J Street is an organic treasure that I almost phenomenon. hate even talking about because it's so packed right now, but. Um, you know, yeah, it's amazing. It, you're right. The space is so packed that after spending two years photographing it every month, I don't bring my camera because there's no room for me to move and to pivot move the way I used to. Um, that said, I don't feel that bad because I got dragooned into helping with the sound. So now I'm actually there from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. The sound is amazing. You know, in that little space, and I would hate to see it go to another space. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people, but that's kind of the... You know, you're, you're, you're literally sometimes bumping up on people, but that's part of, we're all in the same space of joy, right? Yeah, and I mean, Blanche gets amazing talent. The space sounds great. Have you ever listened to the recordings afterwards? Jerry know. does an amazing job mixing that down really? so that it sounds fantastic. And I mean, in that little space, we probably have 16 microphones hooked up. Wow. And what a gift to these 
you know, there's always a high schooler, right? There's always a high schooler. Every maybe two. week, yeah. And they, what a gift for them to be able to play with some of these senior um, uh, musicians in this group. And we've got some world-class musicians. Right? You know, the drummer Jack Waller, who's there pretty often, played with Chet Baker. Yeah. I mean, that's just... You know, that, if you want bona fides, that's right? for jazz. That's for me. That's about as good as it gets. It's, it's, yeah. And you're right to get a high school kid playing next to somebody like that. But what great exchange of energy too. You know, on both sides. You know, mm -hmm. here this senior person gets to, you know, this well-experienced person gets the opportunity to play with the young person. The young person gets, and just the smile on their face when they walk away. And then I love the vocals too. There's some yeah. really. Some serious talent. Um, yeah, some some awesome vocals on that. So I think that you know the jazz on J Street is is, um, you know, I wish it were a secret, but I'm grateful it's not. It's really, awesome. and it, it's it's actually getting a much wider audience than just South Florida because it is out on the web and you can download it. So Blanche gets a lot of folks who play in New York who've heard about it, and when they're here visiting during the cool months. You know, they walk in with their instrument and put me on the list, and it goes from there. Um, so we've got some really great players, and the South Florida jazz scene is a pretty strong musical mm -hmm. scene. So, you know, it's a great thing that it's on Tuesday nights. It's usually not a working night for these guys. So these guys are really just there playing for the fact that they get to play with some of their favorite people and hang out. And it's, you know, you definitely feel that. It's almost like an after-hours club. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, the only thing for me is it's on a night of commissioner, usually a commissioner's meeting. What is it so with Tuesdays in this town? I know, I know. But um, fortunately, I've got, been able to catch it a couple times, and um, you know, and I'm I'm grateful every time I walk away, feeling lighter and inspired. So that's awesome. Um, you know, the bookseller, also, you know, I have this little birthday club in my old neighborhood, and the ladies, we'd go out to take each other out for a birth, their birthday, and you get to choose where you want to go. And so for me, of course, I want these ladies to come in from Boca Raton and take me to, to dinner in my town. And so um, my last birthday, we went to Victoria's, mm -hmm. um, had an amazing meal, um, and then walked over to the bookseller for, you know, cappuccino and a, a slice oh, of that's cake. That's a good night. It's awesome. And then... Um, we're walking out, and Marie Paz is still up and out in her her uh, art studio cafe on J Street. So she whisks us in, you know, and offering wine. And of course, it was a little late for that, but um, you know, extremely charming, um, a charming host. And and uh, my friends, you know, were all quite. Um, enamored with the experience and um, you know we have to come back and take paint lessons and um. well that's really kind of the amazing thing too is that the more I spend the more time I spend here in Lake Worth proper the more I realize I don't have to go very far you know yeah. everything I need is here yeah. other than sometimes trips out into the Everglades with my camera mm -hmm. um, to get my my feet yeah wet. you're doing some amazing stuff you and that's, Sean that's some fun stuff in fact um, Sean Moss and I are going to be traveling together. He's doing a, well, he's going from here in Florida all the way up to Alaska by car, and he's going to take about six months to do it. I'm not that adventurous. I'm going to join him in Portland, Oregon, and we're going to shoot from along the coast from Portland to Seattle. So that'll be about a week with him there. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be my June. 
I'm so excited for him because I knew him when he was at the Art League and he had given his employers like a year's notice. I mean, he gave him outrageous notice. Now, I have never seen his apartment, but I understand it's a studio apartment that is at like three quarters filled with camera equipment and printing equipment. <laughs> and so I was just picturing this. And I, you know, I had heard he was planning this, this uh, nomad trip, you know, this, this adventure. Um, as soon as he, he's leaving like the next day, right? After his last day or something, he's taken off. Yeah. I was like, I, I look forward to seeing the photos, you know, I really do. And, and um, somewhere between him and you and um, Tom, you know, what a wonderful ability. We, we, we're so fortunate because I'm not a camera person, but to have such great photos of our, our town and being documented. You know, one of the things about Lake Worth is that even in the summertime, you know, you pick any day of the week or the weekend and you want to go do something, you're giving up doing something else. Having photographers out there photographing okay. each of these events means that you can go on Facebook the next day and see the one that you didn't get to go to. Absolutely. And that's a huge amount of that credit goes to Tom because he is everywhere. You know what I think is interesting too with the photographers is that it's almost like you're your ticket into a place, right? So you can, I don't know if it's a hiding behind the camera, but um, you, you're going in and you have a job. It's almost like you have a job. Like Tom comes in and he takes the pictures, like even at the Art League, he comes in and he takes the photos and um, he has a purpose, but he also gets to enjoy it. And I know with the Art League that um, he had missed an opening or something. And, one of the ladies comes to me and says, you know that Tom Jensen, he's the city photographer. Why wasn't he at our meeting? He needs to come. We need to tell him. And it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, poor but, guy does it out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> right? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful. I am truly I, grateful. I, I think you've hit on something, too. I know that for me it was definitely the draw of the camera was that as a kid I was shy yeah. and uh, socially awkward to the extreme where the only way that I could handle going to some of the events was to have my camera and be able to hide in the corner with it and put some distance between me and the people there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, and it was a way to draw me into the social world that I, I don't know I would have ever gotten over. I mean, I would have probably just stayed in my studio and painted and not gone out very much. <laughs> and look at how many friends you made just, in, with, just with this exhibit. All these people you now know. That's this right. is amazing. I, I've been very blessed to be able to meet so many new people through this project. It's been, I've gotten so much more out of it than the effort I put in, which is really kind of the way, uh, I, the way I, I look at Lake Worth. I think it's probably equal. I'm sure you got a lot out of it, but I, like I said, I think that these people get, you know, their opportunity too, to become a part of it, and that's that's huge. And to know that they matter, and know that they're heard and seen and matter. So that's and very I cool. like the people at this point, you know, want to be in the project, you know, and that people see me and they're like, you know, hey, I didn't want it the first time, but basically because I'm I am camera shy. I'm camera shy, and I am a I'm an introvert, I think, by nature, and. I can overcompensate sometimes, but <laughs> it takes its toll on me. So, Yeah, for every social event, you need two days of downtime to get over it, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Anyway. Well, I think this has been a very pleasant little journey. Aww. And, you know, Thanks, like Carl. I said, there was a, just going to be a chit-chat, and I think it worked out great. great so you. if you're ready, we will go right into the James Lipton questions. Oh, I should have studied them. Okay.
Okay, Th this is easy and fun. Okay. And I like that we're adding this to the end of them and it becomes a, a tie-in that they all have this piece. So here we go. Okay. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? I don't know. I don't know that I have one. I'm sure that if I listen to all my recordings, there's one word I use more than others, but um, I, I don't really know. I want to say inclusive, but that's not something I probably don't use that as often as other words. But. Well, it doesn't have to be one you use so no. much as one that can make you feel good or that represents something. So I think inclusive is absolutely fine. Okay. Um, what is your least favorite word? <laughs> um, I, you know, there's a lot of bad words out there that I just, I don't like, so I, I don't really know. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I bet I know this answer before you even say it. It's definitely my feet in the sand. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. Okay. What turns you off? Ego. Yeah, ego, ego is, um, yeah. It can get in the way of a lot of stuff. It does. Okay, what is your favorite curse word? <laughs> um, motherfucker, son of a bitch. There you go, okay. <laughs> I can't say that I use it a lot. I certainly don't use it in public, but yeah, those are, those are probably the words. Okay, what sound or noise do you love? I love the ocean. I love the uh, the train tracks, but and you know I love children giggling and laughing. Well, those are all good and happy sounds. What sound or noise do you hate? Your pain. Okay. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be an artist. I think that that would be. You know, I'm a creative person, but I've never really been. What I would can say would say it is a, an artist. Um, I've got some basic skill, um, but to be especially if I could be a um, you know a um, contemporary artist, you know someone that just it flows, you know. <laughs> but I'm a Virgo, so I see details. So I'm not good at the flowing part. What profession would you not like to do? I have no problem rolling my hands, you know, rolling my sleeves up. One of my favorite jobs ever was actually painting lines on highways and, and leading the buttons. Loved it. You know, you start at like 5 in the morning, you're done by 2. And it was before women actually did that kind of thing. So for me, that was amazing. And it was hard. It was physically hard labor, but I, I loved it. Um, I, you know, not wanting to do, I, 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 you know, especially anything with children and, and hospitals. And I know that it's awesome work and people need to do it. But for me, I think that would... Really it's it. also heartbreaking and it can be very, very hard. It would be hard. Okay. And lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did good. What more can you ask for? You can't ask for more than that. I did good. Perfect. Well, this was great fun, Kathy. Thanks, Carl. Thank you so much for being part of the project. It wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I'll see you around town. Absolutely.